Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents School of Humanity with Jason and Rachel Bowman, a program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here are your hosts. Good evening. Uh, welcome back. This is the School of Humanity, episode 19. We are Jason and Rachel Bowman, and we have been discussing the Rules of Discernment from St. Ignatius of Loyola, and it's been awesome. It has been awesome. So the last three rules emphasize the different qualities of the enemy, um, pointing out different aspects of him to be aware of so that we can take appropriate precautions in our spiritual life and actions uh, to make the right decisions to you know, conquer temptations and to um, come through desolation. So the last rule was on episode, or was uh, rule 12, Mm -hmm. which we talked about the essential weakness of the enemy, um, a quality of his that if you stand firm in the beginning of a temptation, that he quickly takes flight. Um, Mm -hmm. It's only when we give ear to him and entertain these uh, these temptations ideas, yeah, and temptations, thoughts, you know, yeah, that they begin to grow and then the snowball effect occurs. And before you know it, you know, the enemy has hold. So we're going to move on to rule 13, which is, uh, which relates to that. Yes. And we'll read it. The 13th. Likewise, he conducts himself as a false lover and wishing to remain secret and not be revealed. For a dissolute man who, speaking with evil intention, makes dishonorable advances to a daughter of a good father or to a wife of a good husband, wishes his words and persuasions to be secret. And the contrary displeases him very much when the daughter reveals to her father or the wife to her husband his false words and depraved intention, because he easily perceives that he will not be able to succeed with the undertaking begun. In the same way, when the enemy of human nature brings his wiles and persuasions to the just soul, He wishes and desires that they be received and kept in secret. But when one reveals them to one's good confessor or to another spiritual person who knows his deceits and malicious designs, it weighs on him very much because he perceives that he will not be able to succeed with the malicious undertaking he has begun since his manifest deceits have been revealed. Such an important rule. Um, Wouldn't you agree? I, I mean, as soon as you start to buy into these temptations from the evil one usually about you know that attack some kind of part of our identity you know some some part of who we are uh he likes to make suggestions to us um uh and he wants us to be quiet about it oh yeah and uh do you remember the opposite there was an upper room um upper room is a holy hour that um a ministry that we're involved with that does holy hours with guided meditation and music. And um, we can come to a parish near you. That's true. Um, but anyway, do you remember the upper room where the meditation ended up being kind of on this rule? Do you remember that? I do not. It kind of started out very strange. <laughs> and Father Ivan later was like, "What? I wasn't sure where you were going. <laughs> But it was. Oh yeah. Okay. Remember that? And uh-huh. so I. But the the meditation began with like, you know, you watch all these television shows. Um, maybe you don't. 
podcast listener, but there are people in the world that watch <laughs> different shows like CSI or um, uh, what are the other ones? Um, you don't know. Okay, yeah. all the Chicago shows. Um, but, you know, especially like in the CSI show, they'll give you like this scenario where um, a wife is being abused by a husband or, um, you know, a, a child is being abused by an adult. And usually there's this scenario where the abuser tells the abused, don't tell anyone that I'm mm-hmm. doing this to you. Or I'll kill you. Or, or I'll kill you. Or no one's going to believe you. Right. Or you even have those, what is it called when they believe that this is reality? Um, the syndrome. What is it called? Um, oh, uh, Munchausen? Yes. So something along the lines where they just believe that this is how their life is. Like I, I am just you just hit me all the time because this is what, what love is or what how my life is. You know, oh, I don't okay. know if that's the correct, uh, <laughs> but um, we're we're not yes. psychologists. But anyway, <laughs> so, um, but that's that's definitely the device of the enemy because the abuser or the enemy in this time knows that if. If you were to go to someone outside of this abuse, most people are going to be able to tell you that's not the way it's supposed to be. Right. Like you, you are actually a good father. Right. Or, right. You know, you are a good mother or you are going to be, you can be holy. Right. You know, when the enemy is whispering everything contrary to that in your ear, mm-hmm. but he hopes that you will keep it a secret because the longer that you keep it a secret, the longer he has hold over you and there's no one else's voice but his it's so true. He's such a jerk. And he likes to make um, <laughs> make you focus on one particular thing, you know, yes. um, just like the the tree of good and evil in the garden, you know, is a right. good analogy of it. You know, they have this whole garden of beautiful yeah, it's freedom. Yeah, that whole 80-20 rule, like 20% right. is, make, he makes the 20% look really big. Exactly. And you forget he makes about you the focus 80%. on, oh, you, you know, he told you you couldn't have this one. So, um, but like that with, with temptations and, and with different attacks he does, he wants you to focus on it. He wants to isolate you and make you feel like you're the only one who has ever felt that way or has ever done that thing and, uh, and not say anything to anybody. And of course, very prudently, um, St. Ignatius recognized this tactic of the enemy and he says... You know, you have to find a trusted spiritual person who knows the right. tactics of the enemy so that you can share this with them. Right. And rather quickly, I might add, um, because the longer that it goes on and you dwell on it, the more susceptible you are uh, to believing those suggestions from the enemy. It's so true. And, and the other thing is, is that, you know, you just have to, that this actual, this chapter, um, in the book from father Timothy Gallagher. I mean, like I said before, they all start out with really awesome quotes, but there, he has a quote on here from Bonhoeffer that says that Christ in his own heart is weaker than the Christ in the word of his brother. His own heart is uncertain and his brother's is sure, you know, right. And so, so many times, you know, like the enemy can come in and, and try to tell me something, you know, and I can go to Jason and be like, is this, is this true? Right. Like, um, I'm trying to think of an example, um, but 
Well, even earlier today, I mean, I asked you, like, do you really think I could be a deacon? you really think I could give up, give a homily, you know, really do these things? And um, it, I think we get so, uh, we, these suggestions come into our head, and, and then we get so lost in it that we, I mean, we believe it if we give way to it. Right. And so we need someone objective who knows us, right. uh, who can look on the situation and be like, that's definitely the enemy, you know, and... Uh, you've got this, you know, <laughs> that kind of made me have a, a Moana moment where she was like standing behind Maui and she's like, you're awesome. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good movie. Such but that's exactly, movie. you know, the way that it is, you know, you, you have all these doubts that it is Maui and Moana where Maui is sitting on the boat and he's just like, you know, I've already been a hero and I can't, I can't defeat him if we try to go to defeat. Right. Uh, is it Tafiti? Mm-hmm. Or is that the the good? No, that's the, that's the good. That's the good. Yeah. Um, the monster or something else. Yeah. But God, where he's like, you know, we're going to die if we go. And she's like, no, like if you go, you could be the greatest hero. And you, anybody could do it. It's Maui, you know. They're going to applaud you. And right. Can't you hear them now? Maui, Maui. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we haven't seen that movie a lot. Just kidding. hundred oh. times hundred times. Um, <laughs> but that, that's exactly it. That when we have a, a friend um, that knows what it looks like, knows who you are, you know, right, right. and can bring you back to who you are. Right. You know, like I've actually had over the last 24 hours had a conversation with two different people about how when we are around people that are like, for instance, the person that I am now, at however old I am, and I don't remember, I'm in my 30s, but uh, I never remember how old I am, Jason always says to tell me. Um, <laughs> that's really sad. But the person that I am now is not the same person that I was when I was 15, you know, or when I, when I was 16 years old. Or this, the person that I am when I'm around certain people, you know, they wouldn't even recognize me. But it's easier to succumb to kind of the people that you aren't like anymore if you just hung out with them all the time. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Like if you hung out with all the people that that you hung out with when you weren't pursuing holiness, right. it would be a lot easier to not pursue holiness. Very true. And so and we were talking about the fact that like one person had a high school reunion and was talking about how like, you know, at high school reunions if you weren't like that in high school, it's pretty easy to just act like what everybody expects you to act like when you were in high school. Right. You know? Um, and we talked about the fact that it's a lot easier to pursue holiness if you're with people that are also pursuing holiness. holiness. Very true. So, Very true. Um, and it goes back to the whole unequally yoked thing. Like I was talking to someone tonight about how it's a lot easier to pursue holiness in a spousal relationship if you are with someone that is also pursuing holiness. If it's someone that is, is agnostic or someone that is not pursuing the same thing you are spiritually, it's very difficult to try to carry that spiritual burden by yourself for both of you. You know, I know I have to do that a lot sometimes with you just having to carry. Oh, I'm just kidding. Wow. (laughs) Sorry. Any opportunity you get. Any opportunity. Especially on the air. 
because I would never say that off the air. <laughs> Only on the air do I make crazy irrationalizations <laughs> like that. <laughs> but, um, so where are you going with this? But it's the truth that you have to be around people that know who you are. Right. Are able to remind you of who you are. Right. And are familiar with the ways of the enemy. Yeah. And sometimes that's hard to find, isn't it? Oh, yeah. You know. Um, yeah, one I of my friends that was going home and said, you know, well, so-and-so is there. They could help me. And I remember thinking, like, is, does so-and-so know who you really are? Right. And the response was no. And I was like, well, then no, that that person can't help you. Right. <laughs> I know we often look for help in the, uh, from the wrong people. That's true. Right. Um, and it can be devastating even because, uh, you know, they may affirm what the enemy is suggesting to you. And it can be, it could be very devastating to your spiritual life. Uh. Um, and then um, what Teresa of Avila says too also came to mind, um, that it's it's so important to find someone who knows the spiritual life and who knows the tactics of the enemy. It's more important to find, like she, she said, it would be better to find a spiritual advisor who himself may not be that holy or pious, but who knows the ways of the spiritual life, who knows the tactics of the enemy, who, know, who has right theology, too. Very important. As opposed to maybe a very pious person um, who does not, you know, who has error. Um, so just to emphasize, I think, you know, the importance of finding a spiritual person who, who uh, knows the tactics of the enemy, and it would be even better if they know your heart in particular and your weaknesses. Right. Um, I've finally found that, um, and a dear friend, uh, I mean, Obviously, you, for the most part. I was about to say, I'm your only friend. Right. But (laughs) I'm just kidding. But I do have a brother now who uh, is a spiritual uh, advisor for me and um, knows me very well and who I can turn to and uh, knows my tendencies, my, um, uh, you know, kind of the, the temptations that I fall into a lot with the enemy. And um, it's beautiful because it works both ways. I mean, it wasn't long ago that he called me, you know, and it's just a very, it's funny because we, we know, <laughs> we know You're that Justin we do You're Justin Timberlake this, and Jimmy Fallon <laughs> with just having conversations <laughs> with just a look. He's like, hey, man, look, you know, this person said this about me. It's stupid, I know, but like the enemy is really attacking me right now, you know, and you just need someone to talk to about it, you know, and to sort of flesh it all out and be like, you know, why is it that you feel this way? What is it that um, the enemy is suggesting to you? That way, when you can call it out and name it. Um, right. Because he said, you know, two, um, St. Ignatius said that there are two signs um, that are always present when the enemy is using uh uh, the tactic of secrecy like this. And he said, the first is that you're in a state of spiritual confusion, doubt, or discouragement. Mm-hmm. And that is so true. I mean, the enemy suggests to me, you know, that I'm not a good dad. And right. it's, it's like all of a sudden, you know, your whole world is is rocked in that moment. You don't, you can't see things right spiritually. You feel desolate, um, somewhat hopeless in a way, uh, right. that kind of thing. 
you, you don't make right decisions, you know, when you're in a state like that. And the other thing is that you're experiencing resistance to speaking with a competent spiritual person to discern this with, you know. (laughs) Those are the two sure signs that you should definitely say something to at least, like, a confessor, you know. If you don't have, like, a spiritual person that uh, is a friend or that you can call, at least try to get to confession in the the, uh, sacrament. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is your ultimate goal when the enemy's... Uh, whispering things to you is to break the silence, you know, to talk to someone um, and just tell them, you know, the enemy is telling me that I'm never going to be a priest or the enemy is telling me, which obviously I am never going to be a priest. But uh, (laughs) but if that happens to be, (laughs) if that happens to be your vocation, that the enemy, you know, will come in and tell you, no, you're, you're not meant to be a religious. You're not meant to be, uh, a priest or a sister or a brother. And um, the enemy wants you to receive whatever he's saying to you and to try to keep it to yourself. But you have to just break the silence. You know, I th- we were talking earlier about what, what's the best example of this. And I told Jay that I feel like uh, the best example for me would be when you do something that you know is awful. Like say maybe your vice is like uh, watching porn or masturbation or maybe your vice is you like to kick small puppies when no one's looking (laughs) or Jason don't laugh. There are people that do that. Um, (laughs) um, Or, or maybe you um, are just lazy and you don't make good use of your time. You're just not a good steward of your time. Right. Um, Or various things. And so maybe you lie or steal or, you know, so the enemy will come in and say, well, you can't talk about your addiction to masturbation or porn because that's just too vile. Like they're, right. you can't confess that because they're never gonna. The priest is gonna know who you are. They're never gonna look at you the same. Never gonna look at you the same. You're the only person that struggles with that. Right. Um, you can't talk about the fact that you kick puppies because that's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> or, you know, that you're not a good steward because that's actually not even that big of a deal. Like don't, don't confess that. You know, the enemy is going to do everything that he can to try to get you to hold on to whatever secrets that you have, you know. Right. Yeah, I think that that image of the um, abusive lover or the, the false lover is really right. good because you, you, you get this image of a, a man who his only intention is to use this woman. Right. And... Um, so he like seduces her, abuses her, and then threatens her life to not say anything ab- about it. Um, and and you really do feel that way, right? You know, whenever uh, you know you're being attacked in that way. And I think that it's really prudent that you brought up the whole like porn or masturbation thing, because I think a lot of young adults that is a huge roadblock to it holiness is. it is um, and it's funny i'm sure many of you out there listening have confessed that and how once you do you know once you share this problem with somebody like the scales fall off and you can begin to heal and and right. breathe in and overcome it now that you have someone with you right. who knows that you have this problem and still loves you anyway 
and, and, and I can promise and you, you, for who you the, are. the priest is not going to scoff at you. The priest is not going to go, oh, I can't believe that's what you do, you know, right. or, you know, there's no penance for you. Right. Um, that is not, the priest is in persona Christi. He is not going to yeah. do something opposing to the, the heart of Christ, you know, and the heart of Christ is merciful. Right. And so um, that is definitely a tactic of the enemy. And man, when you keep those things secret, it it can definitely eat away at your soul. Right. You know, I come, I I, I have friends, and I I know that at one point in my life, I'd come from a background where my family practiced, you know, not really talking about things. You know, like it's very tempting to just kind of go through life and be like, well, we're not going to talk about that. Right. Um. We're gonna deal with our problems, and we deal with them secretly. We're not gonna, we're not gonna discuss them or, right. or um, put People, them out in the open. You're trying to save face, right? Right. Like you don't want the public to know that you know inside you have these issues. You want to be, you want to appear like you've got it all together. And when really inside, you but know. gosh, man, I think if if people are, are meditate long enough, reflect long enough, your heart knows that that's not what the Lord intended for you. Right, right. Because you know it's it's. I mean, think about it. Thomas, uh, doubting Thomas, never believed. Thomas the apostle did not believe until he saw his scars, until right. he stuck his hands in his scars. You know, right. and that I mean, I think that's the same way for a lot of people. You know, that, that, that the realness of who Christ is and encountering him does not occur or occurs the best when we can allow them to see how that encounter happened through our own wounds, you know. Yeah. Does that make sense? Did I say that right? Um, but let's yeah. talk about, too, um, the saints that we had talked about earlier. St. Therese. Therese of Lisieux. Yeah. So hers was in the context of her vocation, which she had been sure of, actually, since she was like 13 years right. old. Never had doubted that she wanted to be a Carmelite nun until literally the night before uh, what she calls her marriage, of course, to right. um, Christ and, and taking her vows. And so the night before, all of a sudden, this suggestion was made to her that it was not her vocation. And, of course, this huge heaviness falls on her heart. The next day, you know, she has succumbed to it and has gone so far as to uh, want to tell her, the prioress, you know, um, the, that mother. the mother, yeah, that she's not, that she believes now that she's not called and she even plays out in her mind, you know, how the whole thing will Gosh. play out, you know. Um, she's going to go and tell her, and, and of course, the, you know, she's going to agree with her that, you know, that she is not, you know, called to be a Carmelite nun. And, you know, all this pain so will ridiculous. follow, and her whole life is over, you know. Right, she everything she's wanted. ever known is gone. Right. But being a... So irrational, you right, know. Right, right. And, of course, the enemy wants her to keep this to herself. Um, you know, don't tell him because then you're going to lose your vocation. So keep this to yourself. Just take your vows and hold this inside. And you, right. can you imagine if she, she would have held that, that in her inside, right. you know, for the rest of her life, she would have doubted. Right. But she, you know, in her piety and humility, she 
decided, you know, I'm going to put this in the hands of a spiritual person and, you know, trust in, in the Lord and that this is the right thing. And so she actually goes and gets her, the uh, mother, out of, um, like, she was in the middle of, I don't know, I think they were in the middle of doing, um, like, some e- kind of prayer. Yeah, evening prayer. Evening prayer, something like that, and interrupts her, which is, I mean, incredibly brave of her to do. And um, and she was very understanding, of course, and, you know, then St. Therese explains the whole situation and how she's feeling that she's not called, and, and of course, the, the mother you know, just affirms her vocation and, and calls out that this is clearly just a tactic of the enemy. And almost immediately, you know, she is filled with consolation and uh, and all of that fog and, and uh, disturbance that she had felt in her soul uh, leaves right. very quickly. And so you can, when you reflect on this, you can see the difference between how her imagination how it played out in her imagination and then how it really went down, um, which is just really beautiful to reflect on because how many times do we do that where we'll hold something inside? We imagine, oh, my God, if I tell somebody about this, you know, they're going to think this about me. I could never, then I'll never become, you know, who I'm supposed to be or whatever. And so, and then when we actually tell this person they uh you know if they're the right person will affirm Put it the all beauty in check, of right? who we are and uh and then and you look back on it and you think about how ridiculous, ridiculous it, was it was that you were thinking the way yeah. that you were thinking yep yeah so i mean if if you're able to to look at your situations to step back and you see spiritual confusion doubt and discouragement and then when you've tried to go and talk to someone about it you see that you get a flat tire and that you know, you try to find them and they happen to be on lunch break or like all of these things, you know, where you're trying to actually go talk to a spiritual person about it, but there's all of these obstacles before you. You can pretty much guarantee that this rule is at play, that the enemy of your human nature is also making you question that human nature, which is called to be divine. Right. So we... We'll be back next week with our final podcast on the discernment of spirits. Not our final podcast altogether, but the final one about the discernment of spirits and the last rule, rule 14. <laughs> so it's incredible. This this whole thing, seriously, if you have the chance, please pick it up. The discernment of spirits by Father Timothy Gallagher. And he's talking about um, St. Ignatius's discernment, discernment of spirits. Of spirits. Yeah. And take the time to read it. Listen to the podcast um, at Discerning Hearts, um, the app, which is present on Android and Apple. We did not get paid for that. True. That endorsement. We just love it so much. We did, though, by holiness, pursuing holiness, hopefully (laughs) during this time. Um, (laughs) So we appreciate you so much for listening to us week after week, especially listening to Jason. I I don't even know what to say. But we we just is that like because it's a penance for them to listen to me? I did not say that. I think you just said that. Hmm. So I mean, that's the enemy, honey, telling you that. Um, (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I see. I see her now. (laughs) You're so mean. (laughs) 
Oh gosh. So until next week, we are praying for you. Continue to pray for pray us. Pray for us, please. Yes. And our sweet babies and Miss Abigail, who is now what? 20 days old. 20 days old. By the time you hear this podcast, she will be like 23 days old. Something like that. Amazing. Right. Almost a month old. It happened so fast. It did happen fast. <laughs> we appreciate you. We love you. We are praying for you. And God bless. God bless. Until next time. Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented School of Humanity with Jason and Rachel Bullman. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.